there was a QNMR workshop on the last day. And ahead of that, the organizers of the workshop sent out like a QNMR challenge. I heard it was pretty tough, <laughs> but I just thought it was kind of kind of a cool thing. And also another example of how the community is really tight-knit and, um, and fun-loving. The last couple of years have been a bit crazy to say the least. The pandemic has affected so much in the world of chemistry. Scientists had to change the way they worked and conferences moved online or paused altogether. Fortunately, folks have been able to return to the lab and conferences have started again. But have things fully gone back to normal? Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm Jesse, and we're the hosts of The Analytical Wavelength, a podcast about chemistry and chemical data brought to you by ACD Labs. In today's episode, we caught up with our colleagues, Mary McKee and Demetrius Aryopoulos, who attended the first in-person SMASH conference since 2019. SMASH is a meeting focused on small molecule NMR. They usually alternate their annual meetings between the United States and Europe. This year's SMASH was held at the end of August in La Jolla, California. We wanted to know if the past couple of years had affected NMR research and the NMR community. Let's hear what Mary and Demetrius had to say. Hello, Mary and Demetrius, and thank you so much for joining us today on the pod. I want to start by asking our intro question that we asked to everybody, and that is, of course, what is your favorite chemical? And we'll start with you, Mary. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Mary McKee. I'm an account manager here at ACD Labs. I'm responsible for the relationship between our company and our commercial customers on the West Coast US. I've been here for just over five and a half years. Uh, my favorite chemical is probably uh, lithium aluminum hydride uh, because it's a powerful reducing agent and it gets the job done when others cannot. Yes, that, that definitely does get the job done. Now, Demetrius, you have told us your favorite chemical in the past. Is it still water? Of course, it's still water. <laughs> <laughs> so water is, uh, uh, you know, around us everywhere. We wouldn't have existed if there wasn't for water. Uh, water controls everything that's running uh, on this planet. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, water also happens to be very important for NMR, which I am most interested in as, uh, you know, being the NMR business manager for ACD Labs. This was the first in-person SMASH meeting since 2019. Demetrius, since you've gone to these meetings before, how did this one compare to uh, previous years? So, yes, this was the first uh, in-person SMASH meeting. Uh, however, it was not the first in-person meeting at all. It uh, didn't uh, have as many of the, you know, uncertainties and questions that the uh, meetings that took place earlier in the year had. So people more or less, you know, knew what to expect. So how did it compare with past years? I would say that, you know, uh, SMASH uh, stood up to its reputation. So it had fairly good attendance. So it had, you know, uh, as many people as one would have expected for a SMAS uh, in the US to have. And uh, as always, it had uh, excellent science. Of course, there were measures uh, in place to deal with uh, the new circumstances. So we had an extremely large lecture hall uh, and the uh, tables and the chairs were very far apart. The organizers were handing over uh, masks and uh, sanitizing gel. And uh, I believe that in the end, there was absolutely no problem. 
That's really nice to hear. Uh, Mary, this was your first time attending Smash, I believe. So how would you say that this compares with other conferences that you've been to? Yeah, this was my first Smash. Um, I've attended probably about a dozen conferences since I joined ACD Labs. And I'd have to say this was one of my favorites. Um, I really liked the close-knit community feel. Um, I really liked that there were no concurrent talks, so everyone can attend all of the talks and walk away with the same like shared experience. And I thought that was really cool. Now, was this the um, first conference for many of the attendees? Because I mean, I know that people are just still getting back to uh, in-person events. Uh, of the people that you were talking to, uh, Mary, what would you say? Was it most people's first conference? I'd say it was a mix. I can't give you a perfect ratio, but uh, it wasn't my first conference back in person, but there were quite a few people I talked to where it was their first. Luckily, everybody felt, you know, as far as I could tell, pretty comfortable. The weather and the venue allowed for good outdoor options throughout. So I thought that was that was really good as well. So in your conversations with people at the conference, did you notice any themes of what small molecule NMR spectroscopists are excited about these days? So, uh, yeah, the first thing to say on this is that, uh, yeah, people are still very excited about small molecules NMR. And this is, uh, I believe, very important because in all the other big NMR meetings, small molecules, you know, are a very small part. Uh, but it turns out that, yeah, there is a lot of interest in small molecules. And in the end, you know, if you put things down, it turns out that the, the vast majority of people who are working with NMR are actually doing small molecules. It's just that, you know, it's a technique that has been around for, I don't know, close to 70 years by now. And, uh, you know, not that many new things come out, as, for example, it happens with uh, solids NMR or bio NMR. What uh, people are interested more now, as uh, we've seen, is that they are more looking into uh, having uh, automated ways of uh, recording and interpreting the spectra. So uh, they want to, to avoid spending too much time in person to do any type of analysis in the spectra, for the spectra and uh, instead uh, have things done automatically. So you've seen, we've seen quite a bit of interest in automated uh, verification. We've seen uh, there was a session even and quite a few posters about computer-assisted structure elucidation. And we heard people praising the automatic uh, tools that exist for uh, assignment and um, analysis of spectra. So uh, yeah, small molecules NMR is very much alive. And uh, now, you know, it's uh, the brighter days are still ahead of us. Mary, do you have anything to add on that one? So, yeah, I mean, I thought the overall theme, which is pretty common with Smash, as far as I understand it, is identifying opportunities for NMR to play a bigger or better role in pharmaceutical analysis. So identifying different workflows where maybe, you know, LCMS has been the hero for so long, but hey, maybe if we switch focus and look at NMR to attack the problem, uh, we find that it offers a lot of really cool advantages. So I thought that was a great theme. And then I also noticed uh, computational chemistry, machine learning, and QNMR were some of the major topics that stood out to me. 
So Demetrius, your point about um, you know interest in automated uh, structure verification and things like that is—is is there anything that you think is driving this? Is this just a continued trend from you know, bef before, or is there something particular you think that is uh, driving more interest in that area? Uh, I think what's uh, happening is that uh, people have slowly, you know, come to understanding that they can have uh, automated spectral analysis and it works. In the past, we've seen people being very hesitant in trusting anything else but themselves, but we see this changing. In fact, uh, there was a very aptly titled session on Monday morning called Two Heads Are Better Than One, How Humans and Machines uh, Learn NMR. So I, I believe that, yeah, people uh, started to understand that computers can help them and they're not there to to take their jobs. Instead, they are there to help them ensure that the results that they get are correct. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, in terms of your personal conversations with the scientists that were there, did you get any sense of the current problems that they have that they might be looking to solve with data processing or management software? Um, this is something I think I discussed with you a little bit, Mary. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the main challenges I heard from a few different attendees was the capability to deploy complex high throughput and automated analysis systems using more, let's call it out of the box or customer configurable systems. Um, I know that's something that ACD Labs is interested in. And so I thought it was uh, pretty neat that um, that aligns with some of the things that we're working on today. What about you, Demetrius? Did you have any conversations along these lines? Yes, I did have, and uh, I got exactly the same impression as Mary did, that people are interested in uh, having means to, to help them uh, with high-throughput experiments. They, uh, NMR instruments have evolved quite a bit. They record spectra faster than ever, mm -hmm. but you know people can process in their head spectra at the same speed as they did 10 or 20 years ago, so they need help, and uh, that's, what, uh, that's what we saw. Yeah, and so kind of going back to Demetrius, you mentioned that the event itself had some changes from previous years in terms of precautions uh, given our current set of circumstances. But what would you say about the fields of NMR uh, on a larger scale? Has the pandemic changed anything there? That's a very broad question. I mean, uh, the pandemic certainly changed the the way uh, people interact with instruments. So, you know, before you used to have all these open access labs where people would just go in, put their sample, enter on the computer, the details and leave. But of course, this meant that, you know, they had to use, they had to touch the same auto sample, touch the same keyboard, be in the same room with many people. So all these things have changed. And uh, there was a, a learning curve in the first six to eight months of the pandemic. But this has probably stabilized now. So uh, it looks like the world of NMR has, let's say, sailed through the uh, pandemic wave uh, without too many problems. Uh, I mean, by now, I believe all the problems related to the pandemic have been sorted. So NMR is left with, uh, let's say, its own set of problems, uh, the, the biggest one currently being uh, the problem of helium supply. What about you, Mary? Did you notice anything maybe that scientists are interested in now that maybe they wouldn't have been before the pandemic with respect to NMR? 
Um, so certainly the capability to support their customers, their internal customers, which you know are usually like med chemists or process chemists, um, being able to review and analyze data away from the lab, right? I think uh, many of the scientists are still going into the office and were going into the office throughout the pandemic, but being able to support people, you know, working more remotely and in, in a historically very on-site <laughs> field, right, um, is something that was, was of interest to them. Um, I think that was a, a big shift. That makes sense. It sounds like the core of the field of NMR is still chugging along in many of the same ways. Demetrius, you didn't mention one session that stood out to you. Uh, the one about two heads are better than one. Can you expand on what you found interesting about that one, or were there any other sessions that stood out to you? Yeah, so SMAS uh, is uh, an interesting conference in the sense of the format that they are following. So you have uh, you have a Sunday where there is not much happening, if any. And so on this Sunday, we had the early career research presentations sponsored by one of the publishers. And then you have a full Monday, you have a half Tuesday, and then a full Wednesday. And uh, it's probably a coincidence, but in the past uh, three masses that I remember, uh, always Monday was by far the most interesting day. And uh, yeah, so uh, this uh, SMAS Monday, we had the session on two heads are better than one. And we had uh, nice presentations highlighting, you know, how humans and machines uh, interact. And um, yeah, and they were ranging from uh, um, using um, artificial intelligence all the way to how to teach NMR and how to use computers for, for teaching NMR. And uh, then uh, the, uh, there was a very nice session also about uh, uh, NMR and pharma. And this was titled NMR to the Rescue in Pharma and Industry. There we've heard some excellent presentations by people from uh, Merck, from Pfizer, and from uh, BMS. Quite uh, interesting, you know, for people who are not in pharma, just to see how things are happening in there, how things are working. Then uh, on uh, Tuesday was a half day and things were uh, a little bit, you know, different in the sense that there was a session about guest host uh, binding interactions. And then uh, there was a nice session about uh, NMR methods. And this is actually a session that is usually uh, absent from, from any other conferences because people just focus on the results and they don't look at the methods. SMAS looked at the method and we had very nice presentations about improvements in pulse sequences and um, more selective um, uh, methods. Then on, uh, on Wednesday, uh, there was a big session on metabolomics or omics in general, with uh, again, talks uh, with people explaining how they are tackling the problems that they are facing. And uh, there was a very interesting session also about QNMR, as Mary mentioned. QNMR is something very big these days. So a whole session dedicated to this with very nice presentations about what you need to be uh, careful with and uh, what to trust and what not to trust in QNMR. Uh, finally, there was another session about um, the other uh, very hot topic of the days, and that was uh, Benchtop NMR where we heard presentations about people and how they use 
the benchtop instruments, nice small compact systems that don't require helium and nitrogen to do all sorts of things. I didn't know that those machines didn't require the, the helium and nitrogen. I'll, I'll uh, look into that because I'm curious now. Um, I, Mary, I don't believe that you had a chance to attend any of these sessions, did you? Uh, only very briefly. I knew my responsibility was to be in the booth. So that's where I spent the bulk of my time with my colleagues. Um, it was actually really nice because we hadn't seen each other in person. So it was a great opportunity to do some bonding. <laughs> but I did, I did notice that in terms of like sessions that stood out. One thing that I really liked was um, there was a QNMR workshop on the last day. And ahead of that, so like maybe Sunday or Monday, the organizers of the workshop sent out like a QNMR challenge to everybody attending saying, hey, you know, work through this example data, tell us what your results are and how you got there. And then the person who's closest to the true result would present at the workshop and, and tell people how they did it. I heard it was pretty tough, <laughs> but I just thought it was kind of kind of a cool thing. And also another example of how the community is really tight knit and, um, and fun loving. Sounds like a great way to get people engaged at the conference, even though their workshop wasn't until the end. Um, and it's actually kind of a nice segue into my final question for you both. What do you consider the highlight of the conference? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, uh, the highlight of the conference, I'm not sure, you know, I can I can pick a single moment uh, to say that, yeah, this was the best part of the conference. I think the whole of the conference, you know, was a highlight. And the fact that it took place, it took place in person. It had uh, the uh, same um, high level science that we expected from a SMAS conference. Uh, and it was focused, you know, on things that are cutting edge, but also that are applicable by everybody. So we didn't hear about, you know, this strange technique that one person in one lab is only using and, you know, gives some interesting results. Every single presentation we heard was about something that potentially all the attendees could benefit from and use it in their everyday life. So I believe in this respect, yeah, this was the highlight of SMAS that even though now, I think this was actually the 25th year that uh, SMAS was taking place. And uh, SMAS has managed to maintain uh, its relevance in the world of NMR conferences. Excellent. Mary, what about for you? What was the highlight? Uh, so I'd say probably, this is going to sound silly, but the welcome dinner was my favorite. It was the first time we all sat down together as a group and had a meal, which was something that happened throughout the conference. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, everybody sat down together outside in the courtyard. Um, so the welcome dinner was probably my favorite. Really good food. Uh, but at the end, the entire group, the entire conference, saying happy birthday to the conference president. And I thought that was just like really heartwarming and sweet. That is adorable. That is that sounds like a lot of fun, and it makes it sound like it was a really you know fun you know, you know tight knit community, everything like that. It makes me very jealous. So uh, very happy that you both had such a wonderful uh, experience, and happy that you shared it with us today. Thank you both so much. Hey, thanks a lot. Thank you guys. It was great to catch up with Mary and Demetrius, and to hear that the field of NMR is thriving as ever. It sounds like this conference was a smashing success. Indeed, indeed. Uh, thanks for joining us in this conversation. We'll leave you with this bonus section. Demetrius and Sarah had some thoughts about Mary's favorite chemical, lithium aluminum hydride. Enjoy! 
are you revising your favorite chemical choice, Mary? You don't like <laughs> LAH? No. <laughs> I mean, it does make a very messy crude. It is really hard to purify the reaction mixture. I have to say, I flinched a little, Mary, when you said that because only, only because when I was in grad school, someone else started a fire with. Uh, that's what's so great about it. It's dangerous, <laughs> you know. It's what are we messy, Is this thing being recorded? Yeah, yeah so I was going to say, oh, this is so long to be recorded. No, this is, yeah, <laughs> Mary's here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> the Analytical Wavelength is brought to you by ACD Labs. We create software to help scientists make the most of their analytical data by predicting molecular properties and by organizing and analyzing their experimental results. To learn more, please visit us at www.acdlabs.com.